Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic congregation in Thornton, Colorado. of the Torah, and thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. It's great to be with you. This show was recorded live for YouTube. That's right. No editing, just raw, live, unplugged Torah Talk. And so I hope you enjoy this version of Torah Talk as we transition and begin to do some things with YouTube. I hope you're excited. We are. So uh, again, thank you for joining us. Today's show, The Mark of God. What spiritual mark have you received? When we talk about the mark of God, this is something that's very important. We often hear about the mark of the beast. In fact, we hear a lot about the mark of the beast. But how many times have you heard about the mark of God? I think you'll find this show interesting. In fact, it's based on the Torah portion for this week, Ki Tisa. And we're going to look at just part of that portion found in Exodus chapter 12, verses 12 through 18. The subject matter of this passage of scripture is the biblical Shabbat. This is the uh, Sabbath day, that weekly worship day that God gave to his people Israel. Keep in mind, it was more than a rest day. It was a day in which they corporately gathered for worship and instruction. Keep in mind, he gave it to Israel. It was to mark them and identify them as his treasured people. Now, think about this. All weekly worship days mark out and identify people and their religions. Let me give you some examples. Let's talk about the Muslims. The Muslims have adopted Friday as their day of worship. This is the day that they gather corporately to worship and to pray and receive instruction. It identifies them as Muslims and their religion as Islam in contradistinction to biblical Judaism. And then the Catholics, they have adopted Sunday as their day of worship. This is their day that they've uh, set aside for themselves. It identifies them as Catholics and their religion as Catholicism in contradistinction to biblical Judaism. Also, Catholics who, not, not all Catholics, but some Catholics who hundreds of years ago uh, later protested their Catholic leadership, they became known as the Protestants. Now, these Protestant Catholics to this day continue to embrace the authority of the Catholic tradition in their ongoing observance of the Catholic institution of Sunday being their mark of identification. In summary, observing Sunday identifies one as being Catholic and an adherent of the religion of Catholicism, even in its Protestant version. And then also observing Friday identifies one as being Muslim and an adherent of the religion of Islam. Observing the biblical Shabbat identifies one as being part of the chosen people, Israel, an adherent of the religion known as biblical Judaism, or even more specifically, 
uh, would be known as Messianic Judaism, the Judaism of Jesus, the Messiah. Now, keep in mind that this show, this podcast, is a midrash. It is not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or theological treatise on the subject. I'm simply wrestling with the passages to better inform you as well as myself, and I reserve the right to change my mind on my ideas as I grow in the grace and knowledge of Messiah. So our chair passage today is from the Parashah Ki Tisa. Uh, we're going to look at Exodus chapter 12, verses 12 through 18. I'm going to read this. You can follow along. Uh, I'm using the JPS translation, the Jewish Publication Society translation. And so verse 12, I'll begin there. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelite people and say, Nevertheless, you must keep my Sabbaths. For this is a sign between me and you throughout the ages, that you may know that I, the Lord, have consecrated you. You shall keep the Sabbath, for it is holy for you. He who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his kin. Six days may work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. The Israelite people shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout the ages as a covenant for all time. It shall be a sign for all time between me and the people of Israel. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he ceased from work and was refreshed. When he finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two tablets of the pact, stone tablets inscribed with the finger of God. So let's jump in and take a closer look at this passage, and let's answer some of the common questions that you and I are familiar with. So in Exodus 12, let's begin in verse 12 again, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelite people and say. Now, now here, here's a question that we hear a lot of times. Why do most Christians view this passage as irrelevant to their lives? And I think the simple answer to that is, is they don't see themselves as being a part of Israel. They don't see themselves as being connected with Israel. And because this passage is speaking to the children of Israel, they just write it off. They say, well, that's for Israel. You know, I'm a Christian. Uh, they, they're, they're Jewish. They're Israel. And so the, those, you know, commandments, instructions, blessings, promises, that, that's for those, those people, the people of God, uh, not, not me today. And so I think that's one of the reasons why uh, most people, as, at least Christians, uh, look at these passages being somewhat archaic and irrelevant. But what if, what if the average Christian understood that they were brought into the commonwealth of Israel and grafted in to the olive tree of Israel and had the Torah written on their hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit in them? What then? What then would happen? And I think that this is just amazing when you consider it. The ramifications are, are staggering. You know, to understand that one that a believer, a Christian, is grafted into the olive tree of Israel and participates with Israel, uh, with the covenant people, uh, in, in the covenants of promise. That that is like that is like that's a game changer that they're part of the commonwealth of Israel, that the Torah is written on their hearts too. Yeah, I think they would listen to these passages. I think when they, when they read the Torah 
and that's not very often, but, but as they return and begin to read the Torah, and they find passages where it says, speak to the Israelite people, they would begin to say, wait a minute, I'm grafted in. I too am a part of Israel. I'm a part of the chosen people. Maybe there's something here for me and my family. Maybe this passage is relevant for me. I think that is just staggering in its implications. Let me go on. The next part of the verse says, Nevertheless, you must keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout the ages, that you may know that I, the Lord, have consecrated you. So what does it mean that the weekly Shabbat is a sign between God and his people? I think this passage is powerful. It says, This is a sign between me and you, between God and those whom he is saving. God's redeemed people, God's children. There's, there's this covenant connection. And the sign of that is the Shabbat. It marks out those whom God is saving. It marks out the redeemed as belonging to him and, and him belonging to the redeemed. This is powerful in every way when you think about it. He says, it's a sign between me and you. But for how long? How long shall this you know, sign be in, in, in place? Well, the text says, throughout your ages. That's, that's a long time. It's going to function as long as, as there are the people of God. And, uh, and, and we've seen that in every generation, of course, and, and I believe we'll see it all the way until Messiah returns. And therefore, this sign that marks us out as being part of the chosen people, this sign that marks the chosen people out as belonging to God and God belonging to them, this sign is in force, and it's a powerful sign, and it will endure until Messiah comes again. Verse 14, You shall keep the Sabbath, for it is holy for you. You know, we, we know the Sabbath is holy to him, he, he made it holy. He's the one that set it apart. It's holy to the Lord. It is the Lord's day. It's holy to him. He says, it will also be holy for you. It's holy unto you. So let's look at the passage again. It says, you shall keep the Sabbath for it is holy to you. Verse 14. He who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his kin. So what does it mean to keep it? And what does it mean to profane it? The idea here is to safeguard the Shabbat, to embrace it, to begin to observe it, versus neglecting it, to treat it as common like any other day of the week. That's what it means to profane it. And so for those who would neglect it and even reject it, God says, you'll be cut off from among your kin. And I think that's huge when you think about it, that your own life would be at risk if you were to, you know, consistently, premeditatively, neglect the Shabbat. And what does this tell us? I think first and foremost, it tells us that this is a big deal to God, that this idea of a weekly uh, worship day where we rest and we gather for worship and instruction is dear to the heart of God, so much so that he said violating it premeditatively and consistently it could result in, in your own life uh, being taken uh, being being prematurely taken. That's huge. It's a big deal to God. It may not be a big deal to us. You know, when we think of worship days, weekly worship days, may not be a big deal. 
You know, every day we might consider being the same. God says they're not. One is holy, the other ones are common. And if you treat the holy one that I've given you as common, you'll be cut off. I think that's important for us to understand. If it's important to God, it should be important to us, right? Verse 15. Six days may work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. So again, we see this reiterated. It tells us this is a very important issue for God. He says it's a day of complete rest. Now, I don't know about you, but you know what? I need that. I think most human beings need rest. And this day breaks up that cycle of work, that rat race, you know, where we're just like, you know, just working our fingers to the bone, trying to eke out a living or make a bunch of money or whatever. But man, what a rat race that is. But God recognizing, you know, who we are as human beings and how we worry and, and you know, what we're going to do to try to offset any risk financially or otherwise, we just work 24-7. He says, no, you're going to take one day off. It's going to be my holy day and you're going to learn to rest. Just enjoy the day. And no work is allowed. No work other than redemptive or life-saving work. Uh, you are not to do any work. Just, you know, there's a few exceptions to the rule here. It is a day of rest, a day of relaxation. So chill and enjoy the day. It's a celebration of your liberty as a human being, as, as a child of God, as being part of Israel. It is your day to say no to your employer, to work, to the pursuit of wealth, to be able to just relax and enjoy God's grace to actually uh, enjoy the holiness that's infused in this day, the blessing that's infused in this day. This day is truly a reward. When you enter into it, there is so much that comes to you and your family. It's just beyond imagination, all the blessing that's infused in this day. So eat, drink, and be merry, and get good sleep, right? For tomorrow, you will return to the daily grind. So enjoy the Shabbat and let it refresh you and reinvigorate you for the week, for the coming week of all the work and all the responsibilities that you have. But once a week, you get a rest and relax and gather together for worship and instruction. Verse 16. The Israelite people shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout the ages as a covenant for all time. So again, the Israelite people shall keep the Sabbath. You say, I'm not an Israelite. I'm not one of the chosen people. Well, what are you then? I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been grafted in. You're a part of the commonwealth of Israel. That's Ephesians chapter 2. You're grafted into the olive tree of Israel. That's Romans chapter 11. You're, you're, you're connected with the covenant people. He chose you in Messiah before the foundations of the world. You too are chosen. You were adopted into the household of God. You're an adopted child. Israel is the first adopted child. We came along later, the Gentiles, right? But we're a part of Israel. So when it says, let the, Israel, or the Israelite people shall keep the Sabbath, that's a reference to the Israelite people, whether they're Gentiles grafted in or the pre-existing Jewish believers from the time of Moses. And this, this keeping of the Shabbat, once again, shall be throughout the ages. It didn't end with the first coming of, of Messiah. And, uh, um, you know, I think that's an important point to make. I think, you know, and, and, that, and that's noted. So verse 17, 
It shall be a sign for all time between me and the people of Israel. That's right. It's a sign between us and our God. And it's a sign that we belong to him and that he belongs to us. It's a mark on our life. We are marked with the Shabbat. It marks us out as being a part of Amsegula, my treasured people, the people of God. So, for in six days, why, I mean, the question uh, that the verse poses as we go down through the passage is, why should we do this? What's, what's part of the rationale that God would have us keep the Shabbat? He says, for in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth, and this, on the seventh day he ceased from work and was refreshed. So we see here that one of the reasons that we are called uh, by our God to keep this day holy is it's a memorial to God as the creator of all things seen and unseen. It's a remembrance and a memorial that our God is the creator of all things seen and unseen. Earlier in the passage, it states that it's a memorial to, to God as our sanctifier. He's the one that sanctifies us. He sets us apart as his people. And it's also later in Deuteronomy, uh, in the parallel passage, it states that it's a memorial to God. The, the keeping of Shabbat is a memorial to God as the redeemer of our lives. He, he's the creator, sustainer. He is the one who sanctifies us. He's the one that's redeemed us. So, so keeping Shabbat, there's so much that's tied into this that brings glory to God and meaning of purpose to our lives. We would be, we would be um, truly set back in missing all the blessings that are tied into Shabbat if we were to neglect it. Verse 18. When he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two tablets of the pact, stone tablets inscribed with the finger of God. That's right. And the fourth commandment, remember the Shabbat to keep it holy. That, that commandment was written by the finger of God, uttered by the mouth of God, and written by the finger of God. That's huge, people, when you think about it. It's huge. You cannot change the Sabbath and replace it with one of the common days. You can't do that. You're not God. God already marked the Sabbath, infused it with blessing, and it is what it is. I say embrace the Shabbat. Enjoy the blessings of God. Why would you trade that in and replace it with a man-made uh, worship day? I just think that that we go, uh, uh, you know, we, we kind of lose our way when, once we start to do that. And once you start to change the commandments, I mean, what where does it end, right? Where, do, where does it end? You know, I mean, now now can we redefine other commandments? Can we say that the marriage can be between one man and one woman? Why not? If it's monogamous, why not? Why, why can't we change that too? Uh, it's endless what happens when we start down that path. I say, you know what? God's ways are not our ways. They're higher than our ways and higher than our thoughts. As high as the heavens are, you know, from the earth, so his thoughts are above ours. I think he knows what he's doing, and I think he's wise in every way, and that he's, he's a, 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 a God who thinks of our welfare. And so, uh, you know, embracing his ways and his commandments, and specifically the Shabbat, is truly intended to bring blessing and honor and glory to our lives, as well as his. So in conclusion, God himself set the seventh day aside, and God himself, he made it holy. He made it holy. And then he gave it to his people, Israel. And he told them, it shall be holy to you too. You are to keep it holy. 
The Shabbat is the mark of God on the lives of those whom he has and is saving. It should and must be relevant to all Christians due to the fact that Yeshua, Jesus, died to graft us into the olive tree of Israel, Romans chapter 11, and to bring us into the commonwealth of Israel, Ephesians 2, and that he wrote the Torah on our hearts, that's Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10, and then he gave us the same Holy Spirit that he poured out on Israel during the festival of Shavuot, better known as, or more commonly known as, as Pentecost. That is huge. So based on the weekly holy day you or I choose to keep, we are marked out and identified as Catholic and or Protestant adhering to Catholicism or Muslim adhering to Islam or the biblical Shabbat adhering to biblical Judaism or more specifically Messianic Judaism, the Judaism of Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. So if you are a Christian, I encourage you to take a fresh new look at who Jesus really is and what he really taught. You will be pleasantly surprised and immensely blessed. Check out our website, www.graftedin.com. That is G-R-A-F-T-E-D-I-N.com. Or come and visit us if you're able. Well, that concludes our program for this week. And a special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, and to our listeners and supporters for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. Subscribe now. Pray with us, give financially, and share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.